KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation, presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at candlewoodartsfestival.org. Good morning, I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Friday, March 24th. How the recent interest rate spike affects people's finances. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. The California Public Utility Commission hosted public forums yesterday. It is seeking input from SDG&E customers on their request for an increase in revenue collected over the next four years. The utility is asking regulators to approve nearly $4 billion in new revenue between 2024 and 2027. If approved, customers could end up paying an extra $9 to $18 a month for the next year alone. Many people were vocal about their frustration at the afternoon event. SDG&E says the revenue request allows the utility to prepare for a future transition to a grid that produces less carbon. Regulators are expected to make a decision on the general rate case sometime next year. Workers, business groups, and employment lawyers still have questions about a new California pay transparency law. The broad aim of the new law is to narrow gender and race-based pay gaps. Even though the policy went into effect in January, many people still aren't clear on the details. Some things to know are any company with 15 or more employees is now required to post pay scales in job listings. That goes for California jobs as well as remote jobs that could potentially be filled in the state. And at companies of any size, employees can ask for the pay range for their current job, and employers have to provide it. If you see a job posting that you think violates the law, you can report it to the labor commissioner. If you want to get out and watch the SDSU men's basketball team play today, the SDSU Associated Students is hosting a watch party. The Aztecs will be playing the number one seed Alabama Crimson Tide. The watch party will be at Vieja's Arena at SDSU. Doors open at 2.30 p.m. Tip-off is 3.30. The event is free and open to the public. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. Interest rates went up this week. That leaves people wondering what that means for their finances. Reporter Kitty Alvarado says people can make decisions that protect family pocketbooks. The Census Bureau finds almost 40 percent of Americans use credit cards to pay for necessities. Matt Fico, the CFO of California Coast Credit Union, says that's exactly what they're seeing. 
we're seeing a drain on savings and a drain on checking accounts and an increase on credit card balances. And he says that's a dangerous place to be in when credit is tightening and interest rates go up. FICO says now is the time to have the talk about finances as a family, be honest about the debt, and come up with a plan to pay it off. Tightening the belt a little bit. Do we really need to go out to dinner on Friday night? Focus on doubling up your payment on your credit card bill. Focus on you know paying down on home equity line of credit or something, because those rates are just up. And most importantly, continue saving for that rainy day fund. And it's never too early or late to get help. And oftentimes your bank or credit union will offer financial counseling services for free, like theirs does. Kitty Alvarado, KPBS News. The USS Theodore Roosevelt is back in its home port of San Diego. Reporter John Carroll was at NAS North Island yesterday as the massive aircraft carrier pulled in to port. Guided and pushed by two tugboats, the Roosevelt pulled up to the dock at about 1.30 Thursday afternoon. The 39-year-old ship had been up at the Naval Shipyard in Bremerton, Washington for the last year and a half, undergoing maintenance and having various systems modernized. Scores of family members waited on the dock as the big ship pulled in. Among them were Mark and Jan Workman. Their daughter Molly is a communications officer on the Roosevelt. We're so excited. We're so excited. We're trying to keep, I'm trying to keep emotions in check. (laughs) It's hard for a mom. The Navy says it's not yet clear when the Roosevelt will be sent out on its next deployment. John Carroll, KPBS News. Coming up, our very own podcast producer talks about Persian New Year customs and traditions. We'll have that and more just after the break. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. Excitement is building for the San Diego Wave FC soccer team this season. Last year, the Wave FC was the first expansion franchise to reach the playoffs in its first season. This year, there's a new addition that's a familiar face here in San Diego. It's a homecoming for North County resident Sierra Engie. North County reporter Alexander Wynn has the story. With the first pick, In the second round of the 2023 NWSL Draft, San Diego Wave FC selects Sierra Engay from Stanford University. 
<laughs> that moment was a dream come true for Cardiff native Sierra Angie. With a lot of professional soccer teams showing interest in her, Angie didn't know if she would be coming back home. But closer and closer to the draft, it seemed to be more and more realistic, and it was just so fun, especially to be there with my family and so many friends and know that I was coming home. The Wave FC specifically traded up in the 2023 draft to select Engi. In an interview after the draft, Wave coach Casey Stoney said Engi will add much-needed depth to the team. She was a key target for us, um, so really pleased we traded up. The importance of getting Sierra to add squad depth, quality, character. That's especially important since half of the Waves' starting lineup could be gone for part of the season because of the World Cup this summer. Growing up, sports has always been a part of Engie's life, not surprising considering both her parents were athletes. Her dad, Brian, played soccer for Harvard and the Wichita Wings. Her mom, Cece, played lacrosse at Harvard and is the current middle school girls lacrosse coach at Pacific Ridge School in Carlsbad. My parents really didn't care what sports I played. They just wanted me to be active and have fun. And so I played softball, basketball, lacrosse, volleyball. Um, I did horseback riding for a little bit, kind of threw myself into everything. But ultimately, soccer won out. She fell in love with the sport. I think I loved, you know, the competitiveness of soccer, the way that it makes you think, the way that it challenged me every day. And I think it was something that I saw myself um, playing for a lot longer in the future. And so it was just what I wanted to do. While in high school at Pacific Ridge, Angie played club soccer for LA Galaxy and SoCal Blues. While at Stanford, she contributed to the Cardinals 2019 National Championship and three Pac-12 championships. Stanford knew it needed at least a tie to win the Pac-12 championship outright, and that's what they got. Being at Stanford, I was so lucky because we had so many players that, you know, were even in the national team while I was there. So I feel really lucky that I was surrounded by such incredible players and people at a really young age, and I think they've just helped me get to where I am um, in my career now. With San Diego being a huge soccer town, Angie says she's excited for the Waves season opener this Saturday. I think it's really exciting to be able to play in a city where they want to come out and they want to support. And so, yes, we're excited that we made history with, you know, the most tickets sold for a home opener, but we want to keep making more history and sell out Snapdragon for our first game. And she has a message for all the little girls out there. Dream big. Angie's dream this season is really to lift the trophy at the end of the season with the team and then just continue to get better every day. Alexander Wynn, KPPS News. The Wave FC kicks off their season against the Chicago Red Stars tomorrow. The match starts at 7 p.m. at Snapdragon Stadium. Over 300 million people celebrate No Ruse every year, and today we'll learn about this holiday. Our producer, Emmeline Mohebi, who is normally behind the scenes of this podcast, is joining me to talk about Persian New Year and how she celebrates with her family every year. Emmeline, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Debbie. It's so fun to be on this side of the podcast today and happy Nowruz or Persian New Year. Absolutely to you too. So Emmeline, why is Persian New Year celebrated around this time of year? Well, Persian New Year, or known as Noruz, which Noruz translates to New Day, um, and it falls on the first day of spring every year. So this year it was on Monday, which was March 20th, 
and it's marking the new year using the vernal equinox. And this Persian New Year is the year of 1402. And it's a multi-day celebration. Tell me more about that. Yeah, so Persian New Year is celebrated over 13 days. So it's not just, you know, the one Persian New Year date. And it starts with Charshambe Suri. And so this will be the Wednesday before Persian New Year. So that's when it starts. And the tradition is to make a little fire, um, little fire pit, and people put it in their backyard. And basically, you jump over the fire and you're praying to put the negative or the past of the last year behind you as you're jumping over this fire going into your new year. So it's said that the flames of the fire represent the burning away of the previous year's misfortunes and the purification of the soul as you're, you know, entering this new year and putting everything in the past. So that's how the celebrations start. And then you go on to the actual Persian New Year Day which was the 20th um, this year, like I mentioned. And then the last day of the celebrations, it's called Sis de Bedar, and it's celebrated on the 13th day after Noruz. And it's wrapping up the celebrations. And basically, you do this by going outside and being in nature and spending the day outdoors with loved ones and, um, you know, starting a bright, healthy new year. So let's talk a little bit more about the celebrations. How is the Persian New Year celebrated? So the New Year is celebrated um, in many ways. So basically we start by, since it's the start of spring, you have to spring clean and deep clean your home. You know, you're entering a new year. You want just everything to be fresh and clean. Um, something else is on the day of, we make sure to wear new clothes. And, you know, growing up, that's something, you know, I always loved because we'd go shopping for clothes for Persian New Year. Um, so I, I love that part of it. And then we paint and decorate eggs, similar to like an Easter tradition. So we'll hard boil eggs, paint them, or you can get, you know, plastic eggs and make them, you know, decorative. Another tradition part of the celebration is the elders give money to the kids, and that's called AD. And the reason behind giving money to the younger generations from our elders is just in hope that the younger generations will have a prosperous and good year ahead. And, you know, it could be any amount, uh, but the kids usually get really excited for this part. I mean, I'm not a kid anymore, but, you know, my parents and you know, aunts and grandparents, they're, they're still giving us AD. So I think we love <laughs> we love that part too. And then for our Persian New Year dinner or lunch, the tradition is to eat some sort of a fish and rice. And um, the main reason of that is because fish is a symbol of life. So, you know, it's important that what you're eating that day is fish, rice. We also do like a vegetable quiche, again, symbolizing health and life. Um, and, you know, we just gather with family and loved ones and we pray by our sofra half scene, which is a really symbolic tablescape for the Persian New Year celebrations. And we just pray for a good new year ahead. Yes, there's the table that gets decorated for the holiday, and that's with seven items, correct? Can you talk about those items and what they each symbolize? Yeah, so that is the sofra half scene that I just mentioned. And this tablescape, it's a really important part of Persian New Year customs and traditions. And on your sofra half scene, there has to be seven symbolic items that each start with the letter S. And each of these items really 
they're kind of to like manifest the new year. This is what you want for your new year. Um, and they each have different meanings towards life and the new year. And, you know, I'll go ahead and name a few of them, a few of my favorite, I'll say. So there is sabze, which is one of the most symbolic ones. And this is barley or lentil sprouts that grows into greens. And this symbolizes rebirth and growth. Another one that I love is samanu, which is a pudding, and that represents sweetness and fertility. We have sib, which is an apple, and that represents beauty and health. So kind of like, you know, an apple a day keeps the doctor away type of thing. And my final favorite one is sombol, which is a hyacinth flower, and that symbolizes spring and the renewal of nature. And I love the sombol flower because it just smells so good. And I love, you know, the minute we have this out in the house, the whole house smells like spring. And I know spring is near, Persian New Year is near. So I'd say that's my favorite symbolic S item on our sofa half scene. Emmeline, thank you so much for joining me on this side of the podcast and happy Persian New Year. Thank you for having me, Debbie. It was so fun and happy Persian New Year to everyone. That's it for the podcast today. This podcast is produced by KPBS senior producer Brooke Ruth and producer Emmeline Mohebi. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend.